Hi, and welcome to School of Hustle. I'm your host, Sarah, and this is the show where we chat with everyday entrepreneurs about everything that goes into starting a new venture. In 2019, 67 million domestic and international travelers spent a total of 44 billion in New York City. This spending directly supported nearly 300,000 jobs in the tourism industry alone. And today, I'll be interviewing one of my favorite sightseeing activities in the city. It is Classic Harbor Line and is a yachting company that offers a wide range of experiences to tourists and locals alike, such as sunset sails, architecture cruises, and much, much more. They started in 1994 in Newport, Rhode Island, and since then has expanded into four cities throughout the United States. And today, I'd like to welcome the man who started it all. It is Rick Scarano. Rick, it is a pleasure to have you here. Well, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about it. You know, I was literally on this exact boat about three days ago <laughs> with my parents. I think Classic Harbor Line is such a wonderful experience in the city, and I've talked about you guys so much on my YouTube channel, so it's such an honor to finally meet you, who started the company in 1994, 25 years ago. I'd love to just hear a little bit about your background and um, why you decided to get into this. Well, even, I mean, as, as kids, we grew up on a, a little camp on, in upstate New York, and we had, we were just playing with boats all the time. And Brother John was just always on the sailboats all the time. And so it just evolved. He was just fanatical about it from the time he was uh, a little kid. He was drawing pictures of schooners when he was in the first grade. Wow. And so he's designed everything that we see here and just about everything that we operate. Really? So are all of your boats uh, designed by him and, and built by your company? Yes. I mean, we, we uh, salvaged an old wood boat that okay. was going to probably wind up getting cut up if we didn't yeah. uh, a couple of years ago. But we operate nine boats okay. and we operate 10 boats. Nine of them are designed and built at our yard. And they're all designed by John. Well, they're so beautiful. I think uh, you guys call it a 1920s style yacht. Is that is that the correct terminology? Yeah, here? I mean for the for the Manhattans, that's what we're that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Similar to the old commuters that the uh, ultra rich used to get to their upstate or Long Island estates in yeah. that type of thing. The schooners are more like uh, 1860s, 70s pilot schooners. They're really taken after the the. The pilot schooners were just very cool because they were they were designed for being seaworthy and fast. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to carry goods. They didn't have to. They had to get out to the sailing ships first, so they'd be going out like 600 miles to get their pilot on board. Because if they didn't get their pilot on board, they didn't get paid. So it was <laughs> right. a real competition, and it evolved into the the pilot schooners that are such very interesting, fast, uh, well-designed boats. That's really how Schooner America came along. And, and Schooner America is that one right there, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the big, that's a quasi-replica of a boat that was built in 1854 and sailed to Europe, wow. crossed the ocean, and then beat every boat the Brits could put up against it. So. so you pull your designs for boats from history, it sounds like. Well, the design, not so much, but mm -hmm. the profile and the yeah. look of it. Uh, yeah. If you look at the underbody of America, say, it's totally different than mm -hmm. what was built in the 1850s with newer 
materials and technologies, we can do a lot more to make it uh, more practical. Faster. Totally. I mean, coming onto this boat or really any of your boats, I actually had my 30th birthday on one of their boats. So uh, you just, it's so cozy and it's so luxurious. And I think that's the thing that stands out. And, and you guys offer multiple experiences. You have tours, like the architecture tours, which are beautiful. You have a bar. You've previously had brunches and, and cheese tastings and things like that. And so it's such a well-rounded experience and it's something that other boats don't offer. So I know that you you and your brother loved sailing, but where did you come up with the idea of let's go further than just sailing, let's actually make this an experience for people? One of the incentives for me to build a powerboat and to circumnavigate Manhattan was my experience on Circle Line. Karen and I did it on New Year's Day once, and since then it's just been a tradition. Yeah. Since 2005 on one of our own boats when we first uh, built a powerboat down mm -hmm. here. But we wanted to do it in a different way. Yeah. I mean, I love the experience in, in, uh, on the Circle Line, but it, we've always been sort of a niche, and our niche is just this traditional style in a much more intimate atmosphere. Yeah. You know, it's, it's more yachty, it's more comfortable, yeah. it's more intimate, and it's just a, a, really a much nicer feel, I think, and a nicer experience for folks. 100% agree with that. And that's why I always go to here instead of your competitors. I can imagine that boats are quite expensive. So when you're starting a company around boats, there's a lot of funding that goes into that. How did you fund this venture of yours, this dream of yours to create this incredible company? Well, with great difficulty. I've always, <laughs> always said that was the hardest part about boat building was getting the funding, or at least for us it has been. Yeah. Particularly, um, I mean, we focused on wooden boat building for the first 20 years of the company. Uh -huh. And so um, it was really until the early 2000s when we started working with the different metals. And when I say wood, a lot of composites involved. It's not your okay. traditional wood built, wooden, wooden boat building. Right. In fact, the, the types of boats that we build and the way that we build them, there's less maintenance on them than the aluminum boats or the steel boats that are around. Gotcha. Substantially, actually. That's surprising to me that wooden boats have less maintenance. Yeah. Well, the way we build them uh, in the 70s, it was really developed, it was considered cold molding, but it's a, it's a way of structurally building a wooden boat, but mm -hmm. it, yet it's sheathed with... Uh, with resins and uh, a non-structural layer of glass to, so that you could just put like an automotive finish on it. Wow, it sounds like you know a lot about the boat making process. I, to be real with you, I actually thought that you you all bought these pre-made and then you just did the cruises. So I'm even more impressed now that you built all of this because it's yeah. the most beautiful boat I've ever been on. Oh, thank you. So. How did you end up getting the funding then for building all of these? The first boat that we built, we went high and dry looking for funding to do it, the boat that we yeah. put in Newport in 1994. Mm -hmm. And we wound up working with the local bank that had become familiar with us from other projects where they had funded the long term, but not, not for us. Right. But they knew us and they liked us and they trusted us. And it was a, it was a local bank out of Hudson. Okay. 
they helped us out. So you so, got a bank loan and that's what yeah, started the yeah. funding. At the time, it was probably a little unique and perhaps a, a little bit over the top for the banker to allow us to use our own profits from building the boat to consider to, to be considered the, the uh, deposit on the boat. Wow. Sounds like you really took a risk because you didn't have the oh, money. Oh, everything was up on the yeah. yeah, no, everything was, uh, everything was committed. And how did you handle making a risk like that? I think a lot of people, they want to do something like what you did, but they're, they, they have this fear that prevents them from actually just trying it. And signing a, a loan, or, or applying for a loan and getting that loan and saying, I'm going to pay this back with the profits, it takes, it, it takes a lot to be able to do that. So you must have known that you were going to make it work, right? So did you have a, a business plan Already ready well, to go? We, well, we certainly created a business plan and, and we made the numbers look good because you take a shot at it, you look mm -hmm. at the numbers, can we get this many people on and charge them this much and where right. are they going to keep coming and is the business going to grow? And actually the first business in Newport, it took us years before we really showed a profit. And with New York, I mean, you don't just have the cost of maintaining a boat. You also have the dock charges, which are substantial. So... You started in Newport, and then did you expand to New York? Yeah, I was an upstate kid, so I looked at down. I looked at New York City, and I always said, "I'm hey." If somebody asked me where I'm from, I'm from upstate New York, not yeah. New York City. <laughs> but uh, you know, in the late '90s, I, I started coming down here, and some folks started really encouraging us to come down. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, where Newport was very possessive of their turf, when we came here, we had mentors coming out of the woodwork. The competition actually said when I was going to Chelsea Piers, they said, why don't you come down to North Cove? We'll, mm -hmm. If everybody's down there together, we'll draw more people, it'll grow the business, we'll grow this little industry of ours a little bit more. Yeah. So it was, that was a totally new experience for me and I just I was thrilled with New York City. I mean, So people were really welcoming here. To absolutely, yeah. That's, see, New Yorkers aren't all mean. Everyone always says we're mean. We're not. No. No. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah. How many years did you have to work in Newport before you could fund New York City's venture? Because the dock charges alone, I know how much they are in uh, North Cove, uh, are tremendous. So you really have to, it's a very calculated risk coming here to New York City. Yeah. But I'm glad you were welcomed so nicely. That's great. Yeah, well, and Chelsea Piers was growing at the time, and they were very welcoming. And... Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's kind of like, I suppose, the uh, the art world in a way where they're trying to build up an area and they'll help subsidize a little bit. Chelsea Pierce was a, has always been a wonderful landlord. Mm -hmm. And back then, our, uh, they were very generous in helping us get started. That's great. So it's, uh, it's grown since then, and uh, I think they were very happy that they... Uh, worked with us the way that they did back then because Absolutely. it's been good for everybody. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about um, marketing because you know, you've, you, now you've made the boats, you've expanded into multiple locations. Um, we know how you funded it. How do you get the name out? How do you market it? Do you, what tactics do you use? Well, I mean, to, to me, really the best uh, form of marketing is and has always been the folks that get on the boat Mm -hmm. what they do and say when they get off the boat. Mm -hmm. And today with social media, that's so much more important. Yeah. The event of reviews 
was mm -hmm. really big. And back, we started uh, working with a company, a uh, ticketing company, in around 2004, I suppose. Fair that was Harbor? one of the first ones. They didn't exist. Oh, okay. I'm fairly confident they didn't exist. The company was called Zerve. Oh. And they've since gone out of business, but they, they really uh, saw the light with reviews and were way ahead of the curve on it. Mm. Uh, probably, you know, before people were heard of TripAdvisor. Yeah. And reviews. It was uh, 16, 17 years ago. It really caught on, and, and they, they pushed for the reviews, and so we would have like thousands of reviews wow. out there. Nobody else would have any with this. They, they, it was really wonderful, but it was a great lesson and a great way for us to find out what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we just paid very close attention to those reviews because it was really a tool for the company totally. as well as a sales tool. It's the, the best company. feedback, you know, really even if, if positive reviews are great, right? That's what we all strive for. But, but reviews that have suggestions are actually really helpful yeah. in improving your business model. Um, did you get any ideas you use today from some of the suggestions maybe that you've gotten with reviews? Well, we've made a lot of corrections here and there. Yeah. That's for sure. Like uh, what? <laughs> oh, well, you know, I mean, a, a lot of it is, um, I hesitate to get into specifics okay. there, but, um, you know, it's, 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 it, people do make suggestions and they yeah. do uh, help you make changes, yeah. positive changes, and, and just see what you're doing wrong and what you're doing right. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. How did you come up with the name for Classic Harbor Line? Well... Classic Harbor Line wasn't actually the original name. We started here as Chelsea Excursions, but then when we, in 2005, when we built Manhattan, mm -hmm. we decided we were moving beyond Chelsea Excursions, and yeah. it was now going to make an attempt to increase our little fleet here in New York. So we needed another name, and uh, suppose it was a process of elimination, <laughs> and finding yeah. the one you you didn't like the least or something. I don't know. Uh, I guess it could be um, that for sure. The boats have a classic appearance to them. Yep. And it's the most desirable one we could come up with. Totally. It's kind of interesting. When we first built Manhattan, at the same time we were coming up with a name for the name Classic Harbor Line, mm -hmm. we used a, a, a local uh, an entity called the Waterfront Alliance, and they published a bunch of different names mm -hmm. for Manhattan went on the Coast Guard website to see if there were other Manhattan certified passenger boats out there. And at right. the time, there was only one in Cayuga Lake. Oh, okay. And uh, since we came here and named this boat Manhattan, there have been a whole bunch of Manhattans from Manhattan there Elite has? to Manhattan I've that, that and Manhattan this. So you started was, the trend. You guys are trendsetters. That's it. I guess. <laughs> but we had, a, we had a contest to name the boat, and it turned out to be, uh, of course, I was the judge, so it was... Oh, uh, well, yeah, so yeah, we, totally not biased. <laughs> but we, we did have a contest, and, and I think everybody was happy so with it. So was it a contest between customers or employees? Uh, it went out to the general public. Oh, wow, really? And uh, the, the folks with the uh, Waterfront Alliance had a newsletter. So a lot of, uh, a lot of folks in the industry uh -huh. were looking at it, but also a lot of New Yorkers, because it, it was sort of a Waterfront Alliance sort of lobbies for the waterfront. They're a pretty big entity here now. Yeah. They do a lot. Well, speaking of that, actually, um, I wanted to get into licensing and certifications that you need, because I imagine with um, running a company like this, you need to be Coast Guard certified. You need to have all different types of qualifications for everyone that works on this boat, and then to make sure that the boat is safe as well. So 
how do you go about that? What do you need to get started if you want to get into this type of industry? Yeah, well, it's interesting because it really has evolved from running one or two boats to now when there's up to 100 part-timers here, not necessarily 100 employees, many of whom are part-time mm -hmm. uh, in the summer. And uh, so uh, crew training is really critical, but in, just in terms of the actual licensing, mm -hmm. it's all about the Coast Guard for us. And okay. we've been working with them for 10 years before we built a boat that we we're going to operate ourselves. Yeah. So we're very familiar with the requirements. So if someone's new to it, though, where would they find the requirements that they need? Like the Coast Guard website, maybe? Yeah, I mean, certainly on the Coast Guard website. Yeah. Uh, and there, there are organizations, Passenger Vessel Association is a wonderful resource right. uh, to, uh, to, to be involved with and, and very supportive. But uh, basically, there are CFRs that you have to follow. What does CFR stand a for? A federal code of regulations okay. that not just for Coast Guard regulated, but OSHA, everything that's regulated in the yeah. country, is, is you'll find it in the CFR. Okay. And are you the one that manages all of this? Well, not not so much anymore. I mean, I oversee it, but yeah. we've got a great crew here. Yeah. And, um, you know, you'll see, uh, I don't know if they've been in and out, but I know we're scheduled to bring have boats coming in and out doing training now. Folks yep. get trained at different levels. Yep. Uh, many of our captains, the captains on this boat primarily, have gotten their licenses through us, trained oh, through great. us, came on board. And uh, you need a certain amount of seat time time on the boats, operating the boats. I feel like I may have had enough seat time on your boats already to become one of the captains. Maybe so. <laughs> That's how much time, I'm not even exaggerating. Well, we'll have to get you a form and fill it out and yeah. you, you can apply for your captain's yes, license. Finally, I'll be a captain. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you some more uh, fun questions, not as businessy. So I would love if you would tell me a little bit about the most shocking thing that's ever happened while you're running this company. The most shocking thing. Wow. Somewhat shocking that we're here in New York. Yeah. A place that I always avoided as a child, enjoying it so much and, right. and have a thriving business here. You just didn't see this one coming. I didn't see it coming. Yeah. No. But it's your most successful location. Oh, yeah. 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 You're always out at sea. What's the scariest thing that's ever happened? Have you ever had any close calls? And you don't have to say necessarily with Classic Harbor Line, it could be just all of your life. Well, sailing offshore has had some interesting experiences. Mm -hmm. My actual first offshore experience was on a little 24-footer that we sailed from uh, Biscayne Bay to the Bahamas. Ooh, nice. These heavy northern winds tend to go clockwise. So when it went clockwise, and it came down to the south after blowing hard out of the north into the Gulf Stream, which travels north and creates havoc. And yeah. We said, well, this is the time to go because we've been waiting for about a week. Yeah. And we got out there and it didn't do what I was supposed to do. It counterclocked and came Ooh. back out of the north and uh, it was a miserable time. But we had a similar experience uh, a few years ago, bringing America up from Key West, where we really? got caught out in a near hurricane. There was <gasps> 60, 70 knot winds. and How big were the waves? They were up to, uh, there, there was funny, there was a NOAA ship uh, that we, afterwards we pulled into Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. And they said that the winds were up, uh, the seas were up to 30 feet. <gasps> oh my uh, gosh. Because when you get out in the Gulf Stream and you get the winds counter to the 
seas. It gets gets pretty nasty out there. Yeah. So it was just a rough night, a very, very rough night, but it put old America here into a real sea trial that uh that's the one that got that's stuck the in one. there and oh, it was man. it was uh, a wonderful thing it didn't make a sound it was just it was scary because it was very dark and blowing and big winds but it was the boat didn't creak it just all right well you know it's solid very so solid. your boats are not going anywhere if it can survive those type of winds and those yeah. uh waves um and when that's happening overnight I imagine you aren't sleeping. You're like very alert and aware of everything that's happening in case you need to adjust anything with the sails or anything like that, right? Yeah, and you know, hopefully, I mean, what we did at that point, sails all came down, so it was uh, we were yeah. just kind of gliding. Motoring. Yeah, <laughs> that one does have a motor, though. I mean, it, it must, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that? Oh wait, you don't offer that anymore. The sushi sail. But if you ever get the sushi sale back, pull that the, the Morimoto one. Oh. That was so nice. But well, I know I, that they closed. COVID. Is Morimoto closed? Yeah. Well, they'll come back, won't they? I, no? On their site, it they've been like pulled off of Chelsea Piers, Chelsea Market. That one was great, though. I was a big fan. So just Morimoto enjoyed it. I know. I, there's pictures of Morimoto. For those yeah. that don't know, they uh, last year they did a sunset sushi sale with Morimoto, one of the Iron Chefs. And um, you go and you get like multi, multiple courses of sushi and sake. It was awesome. It was such a great experience. So creative. That's what I'm talking about. These ideas, you don't see them anywhere else. I don't take credit for that. I'll take credit for, uh, in, in some part, for the boats. Yeah. And for the experience, uh, you know, I always get frustrated when we get these reviews and they talk about our the crew and they don't mention the boat. So I, you know, it's like, wait a <laughs> minute. Because you're like, wait, what about the yeah. quality of the boat? Yeah. But you know, the the reviews are normally great about the crew because your crew is so friendly and it's, they make it such a great experience. Um, hiring people is a challenging for a lot of companies. Um, you've managed to do it very well. And clearly you said you don't take credit for some of the ideas of the excursions like the sushi sale. Um, but how do you hire the right people that come up with great ideas that complement your strengths? Well, it happens over the years, but I will say that our general manager here, Sarah, has been with us since 2001. And she got her captain's license with us, and she took over managing the business really uh, around 2003 as the day-to-day, because I'm up in Albany at the boatyard. Yeah. And um, I'm quite certain that uh, along with uh, others in our team that have been here for, for years and years, I'll give them the credit for that, and I'm very grateful to have them because it's uh, it's really a uh, you know it's it's all about having the right people. It totally is, and that's something we've heard consistently with School of Hustle episodes: how important it is to choose the right employees, and when it doesn't work out, making sure that you can fix it as soon as possible to get everything back on track as well. Because hiring is very challenging; it's one of the most difficult parts of running a business is putting your child it feels like in another person's hands right yeah this year has brought about um challenges that most companies never imagined that they would experience i work in the tourism industry i own a tour company i understand what it's like 
um, to suddenly have everything pulled out from under you. You operate Classic Harbor Line, which relies a lot on tourism. So how has Classic Harbor Line adapted to this new environment that is hopefully temporary? Well, it has. It is a struggle, and um, you know, one of the things that uh, when, we, when we first came to New York, we thought we were going to have a little tourism business like we had in Newport. Mm -hmm. It was all local that supported us, and we couldn't well, afford advertising here, yeah. basically. So it really did evolve through local local folks and word of mouth before there was a lot of social media. Yeah. Um, so in dealing with it now where it has evolved and a lot of our business, uh, a much larger percentage of our business, I would say for the first decade we were here, I was saying 90% of our business is local, tri-state wow. area. Really? And um, it, it has evolved since then. And uh, we do have or did have a, a, a lot of international and, and national tourists from all over the country as well. But um, no, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's really a survival mode. Yeah. I put us almost in the category of the restaurants where basically um, it's, it's, uh, we're, we're back to relying on local New Yorkers to mm -hmm. help us out here again. So mm -hmm. that's, our, that's our focus and uh, hopefully... Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll get through it. You'll get through it. I mean, if it's anything like what I saw on Saturday, the boat was not overly full because it was safe amounts of people, um, but it was enough. And I was really impressed that in this environment, you still had that type of support. And there's so many people on that boat that I just heard them talking. So you know you can tell where someone's from. Um, you can tell if someone's a New Yorker. <laughs> and a lot of them were New Yorkers, people yeah. from Long Island and people like that. And I think this is the time that we all need to support our community and, and get out and, and try things that are just in our own backyard. What's next for you guys? Uh, well, you know, 2021 is going to be a, a <laughs> year of recovery. So yeah. we're, we're always thinking about it. We have uh, more boats on the drawing board that we'd love to build. Uh -huh. And uh, so we're... We have plans, but uh, they're they're definitely on hold for probably the next uh, season or so. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I understand that. Well, um, before I close, is there anything else that you'd like to share, or plug, or talk about, or anything? You know, I really appreciate the uh, the idea that you're coming and joining us, and uh, uh, are an enthusiastic supporter. Very enthusiastic. I'll have to pay more attention to social media and <laughs> check things out. I, I, I rely heavily on our crew for that. And I, I, hey, I, don't worry about it. You I make the boats well. That's, that's what you excel in. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. So that's all for this edition of School of Hustle. Keep up with us on all of our episodes on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you stream and download podcasts. And if you like what you heard today, please leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe to our show. We'll see you next time. Bye. When the low, yeah, we going high.